Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 61 of the Interviews Podcast. We are here for the post-match reaction of Inter Lecce at the San Siro, which finishes 2-0 to the hosts. Goals from Jan Oral Bisek in the 43rd minute and Nicolò Barella. So you're not. He's got the aura. He's got the aura. I tripped myself. I tripped myself (laughs) up because that's that's what I was going to go with. And Nicolò Barella in the 78th minute. Inter top of the table, uh, plus four over Juventus on 44 points heading into Christmas this weekend. Um, definitely want to big want to give a big happy holidays to all of our uh, our Interisti during this time of the year. Um, great win. This is uh, what we needed as a bounce back after Bologna. And as always, I'm one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined here back in the booth, Johnny Paterno. Johnny, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, it's good to be back. Honestly, I, I I don't like not being able to hop on episodes or even be able to watch the games. But obviously, like I said in the tweet, uh, it's been a busy, busy time lately, just getting back into work and stuff. So hopefully uh, it'll slow down in the new year. But yes, excited to be back. Excited to talk about the boys. What a performance. What a performance. And at least you're back for a win pod, which uh, yeah. after Wednesday, um, you know, it's good to be able to talk about Anita that's that's back on top here and uh, taking care of business on a day where we are missing our captain. Um, and we have to go ahead and start with the partnership of Turam and Arnatovic, which we haven't seen uh, this year. And this is where this is where I want to go ahead and kick off, guys. We'll, we'll have a quick episode today, um, quickly recap the game and get into the players. But I think we have to start with the conversation around Arnatovic whether it's right or wrong, and I think at points it's been right and at points it's been a little overboard, has been, this guy needs to get out of my club, this guy's not good enough for us. Today, if he had put in that chance in the first half, we would be talking about a world-class performance. Um, you know, he gave us everything we needed today. How are you feeling about Arnatovic and taking advantage of an opportunity where he was actually able to give us 90 minutes today in the absence of our captain? Yeah, I think that's that's such a testament of a uh, of him. I think he's matured obviously since his first stint. I think he's also even matured since since the way things ended at Bologna. But it felt like it was such a complete performance. He really was playing for the team. The passing that's what really stood out to me was his his link up play with not just on the goal for Barella, but really that there was a bunch of opportunities before that that were just so brilliantly played. And I was like, my goodness, like he's, he's really seeing the field. He's, he's playing perfectly weighted passes to these guys. Flicks were, were spot on too. Um, he did another back heel flick, if I'm not mistaken, to Mickey Tarian that kind of freed him off uh, to run on goal, which listen, if you, if you have that in, in your repertoire, that's, that's huge. So I'm very happy with his performance and thank goodness, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're playing at a weaker part of our schedule, but like, this makes me feel a lot better. Um, that even if Lautaro is ready for whatever game in the new year, that you may be able to give him a little bit more rest just to be safe because we all know how important he's going to be for the second half of the season. Um, that if Arnatovic puts in these kinds of performances, we're, we're, we're pretty good. 
I'm going to boil down what we've seen from Arnautovic this year to a lack of confidence. I think he is a player that needs to be playing in order to, you know, feel comfortable there on the pitch. He hasn't gotten many minutes and then also was out with the injury. So this is a big game for him today. And you can tell that it's been a confidence issue on that like first half chance that he had where he tried to finesse it like it was he was trying to do too much where it didn't require like having to just chip it over the keeper into the bottom corner he needed to just blast that in and for me that's that's indicative of a player who's trying to do too much but then after that like really settled into the game and offers this team hold up play which is what we need alongside Turam. Today, Turam got got blanketed the whole game, barely got space. So it was important that Arnautovic was able to link up with the midfielders. And it's exactly what we saw. Really good defensive performance from him today too. Just, you know, pressing and cutting off uh, passing lanes. And then, of course, like you mentioned, um, the ability to play outside the box in tight spaces and find a way to unlock the pass into an on-rushing midfielder. You know, he could have had a couple assists had Mikitarian been been better with his finishing. So I'm really happy with, with what we saw from Arnautovic today. As far as the game is concerned, Inter was in complete and total control of this game from start to finish. There was a period in the second half. We were up one nothing after the goal from Bisek, and we'll get into that. Um, but we were up one nothing. There was a period of like 15 or so minutes where we took our, our foot off the gas. And I had tweeted, it's a different team this year than what we've seen in the past because those 15 minutes, we would have we let that hurt us. And we would have dropped our intensity for the rest of the match. But they eventually found their way back in it to take the 2 nothing lead and put this game to bed. Inzaghi's third year here. Is a game like this indicative of a growth from this team from a mental uh, standpoint? I would think so, based on what we're seeing out there on the pitch. I mean, you definitely see the maturity in a lot of the players, mostly the guys who have been there for the all three years. Um, you know, I'm talking specifically about Dumfries, Barella, um, Hakan, like these are guys who have been here throughout the whole journey. I mean, Lauti, of course, but he didn't play today, so that's why I didn't mention him. Um, you could see, yeah, Bastoni. Um, you could see these guys, like there is just a sense of, uh, uh, there's more of a calming presence, not just with, uh, on the pitch, but from the sideline as well. Um, sometimes, you know, Inzaghi would get a little erratic, which I think that would also kind of bleed into the players on the pitch where they would start to kind of mimic. I'm not saying like acting the same way, but like that, that, that anxiety level was a little high within them and they could almost feel like at any moment we can break, you know, at any moment we can allow a goal here. Um, whereas now they know to just kind of stay level headed and absorb that pressure. And then eventually their opportunities to, to either hit on the counter or an opportunity off of, you know, a non-chance really could, could develop. And next thing you know, you're up two instead of one, one, and then that just takes the pressure off. And then once they do that, what we see too is a team that in the past would have just been fine with that, they don't take their foot off the gas anymore. They Once they get that, they want to really just beat them into submission, which is something I, I really like. Even if they we didn't score, we did have the opportunities to go up three, four, five nil um, after that. And, and um, I mean, just heads off to Falcone for making some huge saves because if it wasn't for him, it probably could have been an ugly one. Yeah, without question. And, uh, you know, the other important storyline coming into this game is really 
injuries are starting to pile up now, right? Lati goes down against Bologna. Yesterday, DiMarco is ruled out. The only... <laughs> we know Dumfries is not around. The only options we had on the wings today were Darmian and Carlos Augusto, and they had to give us, you know, a full match. Um, I think, did Darmian end up getting subbed out for... Uh... No, he played the full 90. Um, Carlos ended up getting subbed out. So... Between that, between Lauti going down, you know, the strength and depth is going to get tested. And these are the games where our rotation pieces should be able to do a job. And that's exactly what happened today. So, um, you know, compliments to the whole team, compliments to Inzaghi for pulling the right triggers. And uh, let's go ahead and, and talk about some of these players today. So another clean sheet for the Swiss goalkeeper Jan Sommer on a weekend where we saw Mike Magnan, who's generally regarded as the, the most talented keeper in Serie A, on a weekend where we see him make a big mistake. Is it is it time for us to... I know we have been doing it, but is it time for the rest of the league to say Jan is the guy? Jan is the best keeper in Serie A? No, because according to you know fans of other teams in the league, he's not challenged. He plays behind the best defense, you know. Um, but but when Provedel wins best goalkeeper behind the second best defense, I was corrected with, in my argument with this person. I said they had the best defense, second best defense by two goals. You know, Provedel had to make big saves, apparently, and Jan Sommer apparently does not. I don't know what teams he's watching. Clearly, he's not watching Jan Sommer because he has to make big saves. There was opportunities here for Lecce to equalize, and he made two key saves that could have been, I mean, obviously equalizers, and then what? And then what happens? And if he lets either one of those in, does he get criticized? Probably because, you know, that's the first thing people typically point to. I'm kind of tired of this narrative. A lot of people underestimate Jan Sommer. I've said it since the summer. Um that this guy is a, a class goalkeeper. He's in my top 10 in Europe. Maybe not top five, but he's definitely at least in the top 10. If you look at his career as a whole, and you look at his, his performances and how he's able to make saves, to me, making saves is more important than distribution. Distribution is icing on the cake, but making key saves, this guy's done it at every level with every team, club, whatever, country. He's been able to do it consistently and at a high level I, I think it's time that you know people stop pretending like he's not good and stop giving all this credit to Inter's defense. You know, like and then people try to point like, oh well, look, he look look at what Onana did. Okay, yeah, go go look what Onana did. Onana's save percentage in the league wasn't great. In Champions League, it was fantastic, but yeah. in the league, he wasn't. Not that he was giving up softies. I mean, he had one like massive howler against uh, Empoli, and then that deflected ball that went in off a corner against Salernitana for Candreva. But like. If you look, like some most of the goals were, you know, they were going to be tough saves anyway. Like, no, not really any goalkeepers are probably saving those regardless. So I, they don't like to give whatever reason summer credit. I don't know if if he offended them in some way, but it's 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 just tiring to to have to constantly defend this guy. But I'm so glad we have him. Um, and it's not just the defense that's making him look good. That's all. No, it isn't. It's five saves total today, two from inside the box. Um, and uh, Lecce's XG was over one. So obviously he contributed to the clean sheet today in a massive way. The thing that I also am noticing with him is we talk about distribution, 93% passer today. 
the distribution is is fairly safe but what is really important is his positioning in terms of either being able to break a press uh deep in their own half he doesn't just stand in the middle of his net he doesn't just stand you know in the middle of the box he will drift over to either side of the box and make himself an available option to be able to beat the press and that takes a goalie who is confident to move off of his line and move into good positions um, to be able to like actively like, Hey, I- I'm, I'm an option for you. If we need to, to get out of here, it's just, he's such a vet. And I, I have much better feelings with him back there than I think I would if Onana was still here. Um, just because Onana is prone to the howler. And so far, Somer has been anti that safe, reliable. Yeah, veteran. I think the only I think the only one that he probably regrets allowing, I think was I forget if it was the first or second goal against Sassuolo. But yeah. it was a little bit of a soft goal. It wasn't like an absolute howler, but I knew as soon as he gave it up, people would start talking about him. It didn't really last as long as I thought it would, but yeah, I, I I've always said that I think Onana, yes, as a distributor, as an ability to start the counter is the better goalkeeper, but I, I always thought Sommer was the better pure shot stopper. Onana impressed me last season a lot with his rebound control, which I thought was extremely underrated. I, I didn't even recognize that he had that, but he kept a lot of those balls close. We're seeing Sommer to be able to do the same thing. Um, ooh, it's, t- it's tough for me to say because I, I was such a big Onana fan too. I think a lot of his blunders this year are because of Man U more so than than anything. But yeah, I think right now I think I'd have to give the edge to Summer because I've always said I think shot stopping is more important than distribution. And since there is a conversation about the defense in front of him, one player in particular has gotten an opportunity recently um, with an injury to Pavard, and you know minutes have to go around. Has stepped up. This is a player who. A lot of conversation was he's got to be loaned out, right? Oh, we've seen flashes, but he's not going to get the opportunity to grow into the player that he can be. He's got to be loaned out. This man cannot be loaned out. This man needs to stay on this on this team. And frankly, I don't even know that you take him out of the lineup at this point. Jan Bisek with another monster performance. Cool, calm, and collected on the ball. A, a weapon when it comes to set pieces. If he would have scored that crossbar that he hit which was a 6364 player jumping up in the air and hitting a ha- a half volley as a defender it would have been one of the goals of the season um absolutely terrific performance from Jan who gets on the score sheet with his uh his first goal in Serie A once Pavard is back and fit does he get thrown right back in there or do we ride the hot hand? This was the discussion on Paramount. Do you ride the hot hand, the hot foot here and, and let Bissett continue to grow? It's a, it's a tough situation because the, the part of me that loves seeing youth mature and youth grow wants him to play. But the part of me that wants to lock down the, the second star, I think you, you go back to Pavard. You know, that doesn't mean that's it's not a shot against Bisek, you know, but he's a young kid. Some of this, the, it, the pressure could mount. You don't know how he's going to handle it. He's never been in a title race before. You know, Pavard has won league titles. He's won World Cups. Uh, I'd feel more secure with Pavard, um, especially like he didn't put in a bad performance either when he was when he was healthy and really playing every game. So 
I don't think there's a wrong answer. It really just comes down to your preference. And, and, I, and we all know that Inzaghi tends to prefer the veteran player as opposed to the young one. But I do think that now Inzaghi sees that he has someone that he can rotate. Like if he needs to rest Pavard or he needs to preserve him. Or let's say Darmian goes down. Well, now you could actually maybe move Pavard more forward. Or you could have Bisek maybe play right wing back because we see he likes to go forward as well. You have options now with him. Um, which is never a bad thing to have at your disposal. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I think, though, that in the end, it's going to be Pavard. I, I, what happened? I went to mute and I hit, sorry. Sorry, guys, I Start went up. to mute and I hit not record. So we're going to, I'm going to splice this and, and pick it up in the second half now. All right, cool. Um, other we're going to have to start over. So <laughs> anyway, um, as far as like, Pavard coming back into the team I agree that that is the that is what you have to do we're talking about Pavard we're talking about a Bisek who's a player that's coming into his own and he's a young player that's showing his quality but with Pavard you're talking about a World Cup winner a Champions League winner a domestic league winner I mean he's a he's a veteran and he is also a player that we invested 30 million into so I, I doubt that Bisek, as well as he's playing, is going to be able to keep him on the bench. Um, so Pavard comes back in, but the good thing with Bisek is that since he is such a weapon on the corners and the set pieces, and since he is so comfortable moving forward, he is a guy that you can realistically say, like, we can throw him in there late in games even, um, you know, send send all the big bodies up and let him be that big body in the box that can try to get try to get a goal. Um, I feel really confident in in his ability. and now. With potentially, you know, Tejon Buchanan coming in, who we'll do a deep dive. We'll do a uh, we'll touch on him next week in an episode, um, our end of year episode. But with we, may need to bring coming, a, we may need to bring in a Canadian to talk about Tejon Buchanan. I think that it's only right. I think it's only right. Listen, if we signed a, a New Yorker, <laughs> you know, we'd have to. The, we're, we're the well, guys we to talk to about it. So we, we got a Canadian. that. We got that. We we got that. Locked we got down. that. We don't have to bring out a New um, Yorker. You know. So yeah, Bisek is uh is a bargain. Um, he's a bargain, and he's a player that is already probably one of the most physically talented center backs in the league. Uh, and it's really good to see him to see him play this way. Acherbi been a monster for us all year. Had a an absolutely terrific stop um, later in the game. I forget exactly who it was from Lecce that was dribbling in the box, but he you know, potentially could have had a foul there and given away a penalty, but he just played the ball perfectly. Um, another excellent performance from Acerbi today. Bastoni, I really liked what I saw from him in the first half in terms of his willingness to to get up the pitch and get involved. This is probably one of the better games he's had in his recent performances. Um, he did get dribbled past a couple times and also during Lecce's most uh, prominent moment in the match. He was the one that allowed the header to be taken, um, even though Summer grabbed it comfortably. So Bastoni's still working his way back into into form. But what do you think of of his performance today? Is he is he coming back uh, to his best? You know, I still got to see a little bit more. Um, I do think he's definitely improving, and I think he was a little more solid defensively. But um, I don't know, man. It just it just feels like something's missing. Uh, and I can't, I can't really put a finger to it. I just, it's one of those things that maybe, I, and maybe I'm being too hard on him. You know, I, it's, 
I just expected more growth really at this point. Um, I don't think he's hit his peak yet, but I just was hoping for a little bit better defensively. Like you said, he has the willingness going forward. I don't think that's ever really been something um, short in his game. And he did have some good uh, clearance headers in the second half that I thought were were pretty big too. There's some crosses that came in the box, so yeah, maybe maybe I am being a little too harsh, but yeah, I'm, I, I he he is getting better though. It's not. It's less so harsh and more so knowing what he is capable of, um, and knowing that we're, what we saw today is not exactly that, but it is getting better. Um, as far as defensive substitutions from those guys, we did end up seeing Pavard later in the match. Although I do think that he pushed farther up into into right wing back. Um, how did you think of the six minutes that uh, the Frenchie was able to get today, coming back uh, coming back from injury? Oh, I wanted him to get that goal. That's for sure. I know. I know. I, I thought that was it. I thought that was really across the line. I mean, Falcone, holy cow. I wish we had you instead of Odero. Is there any way we could swap them in, in January? That would be ideal. Um, I'd He's feel a lot better. Be, Falcone is going to be the reason why Lecce avoids the drop because their performance, 100%. I know they had, they had an amazing start to the year, but they're starting to come back down to earth. Um, Really, really much so. So, Falcone is another one of those keepers, like, you know, Bologna with Ravaglia. And there's all these, like, Italian kids that out of nowhere will have, like, the best day of their lives. And Falcone was good today. Not really much he can do with a Barella that um, is right in front of him from five yards away to stop that. And then also, you know, Bisek uh, with a perfect header for his goal. So, yeah, Falcone was good. Um, All right, midfield today. I thought Hakan was a little bit behind the pace uh, in terms of his deliveries on the set pieces early in the first half, just off, not exactly where he wanted to put them. He had a free kick that went right into the wall, but eventually he delivers a ball for Bisek that it was a lot of Bisek making that set piece what it was because he had to hit it perfectly with the, the back of his head into the top corner. Um, you didn't see much of, of Hakan. We pressed so high, you didn't see much of Hakan like hitting those those long balls from deep into on rushing uh, wing backs and into Duram. Um, but I thought Hakan was, was solid today. N- you know, nothing, nothing special or spectacular. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, nothing to really write home about, nothing really to get excited over. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think he was behind on the pace. It felt like he was, I mean, the passing for the most part seemed pretty crisp and pretty sharp. It just felt like he was, almost running on like 0.75 when everybody else is running at, you know, one or whatever you want to call it. 75% instead of a hundred, whatever. Um, yeah, he, he was, uh, I don't think the midfield was bad at all. I just think he was the the weakest one today out of all three. I, I agree with that. And a player that has, again, been, we've been tough on him, but I thought he had, outside of Milan, probably his best performance today. Henrik Mkhitaryan, um, 89 minutes on the pitch, three aside shots. Aside from the today. Yikes. Aside from the finishing. Aside from the finishing. But he was, those the runs into the box were really good today. Like, he was able to find the pockets of space and, and really hit them hard. Um, I thought Mickey was really good today. And this is the sort of Mickey that... Um, will keep us off of his back if he plays the way that he played today. 
not if he keeps not if he keeps finishing like that though. Uh, but no, yes, I agree. This was probably his best performance since the Milan game. Um, it's funny he has these like bursts of speed that you're like, oh, okay, he still got that, and then it just like doesn't happen again, and you're like wondering what well, what's going on, but. It was it was good. The movement was good. I think his link up play was much better too. I think he was more careful with the ball, whereas in the in past games recently, he's been a little careless and his passing was just either too soft or too too out front. Um, it felt like today he he came with like a focus, which had kind of been missing for a few games. But it's um, yeah, if he was able to get one of those goals, it, you know, it would have been it would have been awesome for him. Um, and I think it would have been his first goal for us since since the Milan game. So that would have been um, it's been a while, yeah, yeah. I think in the league, I, I, yeah, maybe even Champions League. I can't even remember now. But yeah, it's 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 feeling like it's been a little bit while with him. And um, yeah, no, a solid performance. I'd say like a, a I'd say like a solid six and a half. Yeah, I might even give him a seven, um, just for how dangerous he was. But he's got to put he's got to put those away. But Ella gets the captain's armband, being that Lauti was out today. I want to ask you, Sharma tweeted that Barella's performance was good as a player on the pitch today, but not as a captain. How do you react to that? Do you agree? I think he's, you know, he's referring to sort of, there are instances where something happens on the pitch and you see the difference between him and Lautaro, where Lautaro goes to the ref and sorts of tries to handle it. Whereas we've talked about this a lot, Barella is organically and naturally a little bit more antagonistic. Do you agree with Sharma that the performance was good, but as a captain, he could have done better? I agree to an extent. And the only thing I dis uh, not that I disagree with him. I think the only thing that I kind of give him a pass on is I feel like Italian players in general are a little more animated and a little bit more theatrical with their reactions and, and their responses to certain things. I think that's just part of part of his his nature. To be honest, I don't I don't think whether you have the armband, you don't have the armband. I I, I think he would still be the same person. Um, I do think that yes, if you want to be the captain, you want to be the leader. You have to be a little bit more level headed. You have to be a little bit more diplomatic and be able to to kind of you know finesse the the refs a little bit more and and have a little more tact. Maybe I don't I mean not that I I think he was tactless, but um, I think if you're a little bit you can kind of get away with stuff and maybe get things called in your favor if you handled it in a specific way. You know, that's something that, you know, a lot of people, I forgot who it was, but there's, I shouldn't say a lot of people, a few people were critical of Zanetti because he wouldn't be emphatic and he wouldn't be boisterous. And it's like, the, the guy is probably one of the most consistent captains I've ever seen and probably one of the most respected. And I think that level of respect also gets you favor in the referee's eyes. So, it's um, I get where Sharma is coming from, and and I would agree. I just I think that's kind of just who Barella is, and I I wouldn't want him to change who he is solely because he's wearing the armband. If that makes sense, it does. And also for the goal that he scored today, those are the kind of goals that I I want to be seeing from him. Where instead he had an option to his right, instead of laying it off to his right, he played it to the forward on the edge of the box and continued the, to make the run. Arnautovic, obviously brilliant to find him, um, and he slots it away. And, and that's the kind of link up with the forwards that 
Barella is most dangerous because it's hard to keep track of him. He'll ping a ball into you and and sprint right into the box. And obviously, we know um, his goal scoring prowess. And it's it's good to have him on the score sheet because you know this season has not been the most prolific from him, for him in front of goal. Not that he's had a lot of opportunities, but um, it's good to see him get on, get on the score sheet. Uh, as far as the other midfielders that we ended up seeing today, Aslani comes in in the 75th minute. Inzaghi showing a lot of faith in the kid after, uh, I know Hakam was on a yellow, but still, it's 15 minutes left in a game that you're up one nothing. Aslani, you know, Inzaghi showing that faith in him, and he played pretty well. He had a uh, definitely a goal that was saved by Falcone. What did you think of Aslani's little cameo here at the end of the game? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, a good lively performance, a little, little intro there. Uh, definitely, that, that shot was so venomous. I was kind of hoping it would go in. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him get that one in. Um, I think that would have been massive for his his confidence too. But Falcone, just like you said, I mean, highway robbery. I, I think, you know, they should send out the, the Carabinieri to, to find him for that, that level of robbery there. But it was um, it was good. Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm seeing a lot of maturation and I hope that he, you know, finally is able to unlock that defensive aspect too, to really be a, a good at a G step. We ended up seeing Klassen and Fratesi, but they came on on the 89th and, and didn't really do much. So there's not much to talk about there. Turam. Turam had a tough game. Um, he had a tough game. He was very much followed the entirety of the, of the match and no one, no one on Lecce let him get space. He did an interview recently where he said Acerbi is is one of the toughest defenders he's ever come against in in training, obviously, um, because he stays tight to you and he doesn't give you any space. And he specifically said, I like to have, you know, a couple meters where I can run at players. Did he expose himself a little bit? And are our teams going to start playing him like this and not giving him any space? Um, because today was one of his his weaker performances and you know, it may show a a hole in his game that's able to be exploited if he can get shadowed by a defender. Um, any concerns about Turam after today's performance? No, because I think they knew, I think Lecce came in knowing of his danger. And when you don't have Lautaro to counter that, like if if they did this and Lautaro was there, they would have been punished, you know? Um Arnatovic did step up and play very well in in his absence, but I think they didn't really think of Arnatovic as a real threat. So they their main focus was to take out Taram. And I don't think that really exposed him with him with those comments. If anything, that you know, yeah, maybe that gives people a, a different idea or a different concept on how to defend him. But you still have to worry about other players on this team. So like, if you really want to focus on negating Taram like that. Go ahead, but like you're going to get beat in other ways, and other people are going to be able to expose the space that you may leave, or the you know the the runs they may be able to find behind Taram on his side. Like maybe a guy like uh, Dumfries is able to to get loose on the wing and be able to just run full you know inward to towards the goal and stuff. So I don't really think it makes a difference. He still has pace. He still has power. He is able to hold up the ball and and do link up play. So. I think that it's it. You'd have to really pick your poison with us. So yeah, you may want to like negate Turan, but are you going to be able to handle Lauti? Are you going to be able to handle maybe a Fratesi playing as a, almost like a third forward kind of thing? You know, like there are ways that you could be exposed by this this team. So 
yeah, I think you just have to be careful with what uh, what you decide to roll with. And we've spoken about Arnautovic at, at length already, but just to quickly touch um, on him again, this performance gives me the hope that he can be productive for for us, but still need that fourth striker because Alexis came on and you know gave the ball away a few times, not effective whatsoever. Yeah. But we still need another striker, even with Arnautovic's performance today. Um, and hoping that management is able to get something done in January because if we only have, you know, seven million to spend and we, we throw it at the right wing, um, again, imagine if Lauti's injury was more serious and uh, you're running Arnautovic and Tudam out there every week and with only Alexis to back it up, not going to be great. Not going to be great. Yeah, this is like one of those times where I wish we had like Giovanni Simeone or somebody to be like that fourth guy instead of. Uh... Sanchez like I know it'd be pretty perfect I, I think so I think he would be really good in this team um even a guy like Raspadori but yeah no I mean aside from the ball that Sanchez played to Pavard that was saved by Falcone like yeah he's the guy's just he's spare parts man like he really is like just not really worth even the the paycheck that he gets every month or every week whatever um yeah, no, I need uh, I need somebody to come in. Ideally, we'd get Buchanan and somebody else in January, like a forward. I think that would be yeah. the perfect thing. I do. I like. I agree with you. I think it's only going to be Buchanan unless we somehow find another loan with obligation type deal, which would be. I just don't incredible. see many of those opportunities. But, uh, in the yeah, I don't see market. any. I don't see any team doing us favors, especially with the way we're performing in Champions League. Nobody, nobody wants to see, you know. Inter in a final again, apparently. So, I would fucking love if they pulled off Marshall. I think he is probably more gettable than Taremi at this point. Taremi seems like a summer thing. If we were able yeah. to get Martial for a six month loan, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Like and, you know, his con- and I, I contract think, is yeah, expiring. Like if, if we were able to unload Sanchez and then get Martial on a six month loan, and like even if they told us we had to pay his wages. I mean, well, actually, I don't There's, know if he actually pay his wages. The but. only way we're gonna get the only way we're gonna get another forward is if the Saudi Alexis thing is is real. That's what is it real. looks like. Or even the, yeah. there's a South American and I think an MLS team that supposedly wants Alexis. Yeah, um, I'm just looking at Marshall's only played 400 minutes this year. Uh, you know, he's not. He's not getting a lot of time. He's obviously not preferred at Man U. So, who knows? Um, but regardless, we uh, we move. Inter gets the victory today, um, continuing to stay on top of, of Serie A. And I, I tweeted this after the match. The most interesting part about the standings right now is that our the difference in goal differential between us and Juventus is 19. Trash. 19. It's a huge number, but the actual point total is only four which is just how this season is going. Like Juve is just scraping these points in without playing, you know, great football and it's kind of like It'll when is Serie A going to do? I'm not I'm I not too so. worried. It, like it will bite them eventually. Eventually you so. have to win and you have to win, you know, convincingly. Because if you leave, I mean, just look at what Salernitana did with with Milan. If you leave anybody a window, a chance, you have to put away your 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 opponents in this league. Like 
Yeah. Every team has to be taken seriously, no matter where they are in the standings. Like you have to look at them as like they could potentially beat us. Truthfully. Like people make fun like... of Inter for losing to Sassuolo. Sorry. But like, you know, like we didn't finish our chances and then we gave them opportunities. Like everyone's professionals here, whether you want to believe it or not. Like Yeah, everybody the, the has performances... a paycheck. The performances that we've, the points that we've dropped this year are typically Inter has been the better side. It's, it's like Sociedad, is, the first game against Sociedad was the only game where like I really felt like we were the worst I team for the majority agree. of the match. But outside of that, everything else is like, you know, we were the better team and we dropped points. And it feels like there, we're more mature this year, but it's really staying healthy. That's, that's the key. Um, I think if we stay healthy, we can we can keep this going and, and get that second star. Um, Milan, like you said, dropping points this weekend, and it, it really looks like it's Inter-Juve for the rest of the year. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. Um, you know, we'll see a good battle here. Um, all right, this was going to be a quick one for us. Johnny, next week, we're going to jump on here and do an end-of-the-year sort of award session, Q&A, talk about Tejan a little bit. Yeah, no, that sounds perfect. Um, we've got already gotten a few questions in. Uh, would love some more interaction on the old Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Um, we have the, you know, it's interviews underscore pod p zero d on Twitter. Um, so yeah, send in any questions. Send in, you know, tweet at us. We have like a post there talking about it. So it would be awesome to uh to be able to chat and, and, and really come up with stuff that you, you know, you were excited about this season, some questions you may have. I mean, we even got like a really good question from one of our, our, uh, our guests, uh, average Chiesa enjoyer about what we would want to do if we were signing in January, like what specific position would we particularly want? Um, and who would it be? But, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's finish this year off with a bang. For sure. And um, also, we are aware of the last, you know, a couple pods that have the audio sync issue. It sounds like I'm cutting off Nick when it's that's not at all how it was recorded. It's just uh, the way that the file comes from our provider. So we're working to figure that out, guys. Um, yeah, I've, but I've, will- I've already sent like numerous like tech support emails to. So we use this platform called Riverside.fm. Um, and I've done extensive research. It's somehow actually the best one for, uh, since obviously me and Alessandro don't live in the same city. We don't even live in the same state. Um, you know, for us to be able to, to do this week in week out, this really is the best platform, um, that allows us to do a lot of things in the background before we download the files, especially with like echo cancellation and, and, removing background noises you know some in the past like there was times where Alessandro would have a motorcycle I would have dogs barking like and this software like is able to before it even sends us the file for me to edit it 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 was actually remove that background noise so it's pretty amazing what it does but yeah there for whatever reason and I think it has to it might have to do with one of our internets but I have to like I'm hoping they get back to me soon to, to kind of help me with this but um it seems, yeah, whatever, we, when you download the single file, not to bore you with the details, but it seems to do something to the audio where it makes it sound like we're cutting each other off. So we are yeah, working we on are it. We are actively trying to, to fix it. So, yeah. Alrighty. Um, <clears throat> thank you guys for being patient with us. Uh, 
quick pod today and hope you guys enjoy it. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, forza ragazzi, forza ragazzi. Forza ragazzi.